What the bloody hell is going on, you absolute legends? It's the king of the couch, back in your ear holes for another week of the world's greatest potty, the king of the couch potty. Episode 136, pretty fucking stoked about that. Um, thank you for joining me. Always a pleasure to get back down those ear holes, back to back. We're getting back in a regular rhythm. I felt like I was off there for a bit, but I'm back, you know. It is Tuesday, it's not Monday. Don't shoot me just yet, but it's been a long Easter weekend here uh, in Australia, down under the world even. I'm not sure if Easter's in the same uh, time frame, daytime, all year round. I don't know if it's like a Mother's Day, Father's Day situation. Probably sound like I have no fucking idea what I'm talking about. Frankly, I don't. I don't really care too much for Easter, and we'll talk about that. This, you know, That really is my weekend chat, and we'll talk about that. But episode 136, I'm back. Um, do me a favor, subscribe to the show, like the show. Uh, I will say, I think there's a lot more people subscribing to the YouTube channel now. We had a lot, had a lot more views on it last week, so I was pretty stoked about that. Um, bit neck and neck with the audio and the video and things like that, but it's going well. I'm excited. I'm sitting here on on episode 136. I've got a drink this evening. If you're watching on the YouTube, you can see me holding it up. It's a little glass of non-alcoholic Sauvignon Blanc. Um, McGuigan's. Uh, Irish, Scottish, not really sure. We're going to go with Scottish. Uh, they're not really famous for their non-alcoholic wines, but McGuigan's banging out some non-alcoholics here tonight. Um, I got this as a gift uh, off my mum, who got it off a friend who, I don't know, her husband used to drink it, and apparently he passed away. So um, sad story and how I got it, but I'm going to drink it anyway out of respect. I've had a couple of sips, so I've already given it my review. I'm going to have a sip for you right now. Mm. Yeah, and if you can see my face right now, it's one of not stokedness. So yeah, not the greatest. I will say that alcoholic Savvy B really shits all over non-alcoholic Savvy B. And the fact is that I've actually never had non-alcoholic white wine at any stage of my life. So I'm not sure even if it's good anymore or not. If it's gone bad, like it could have gone bad and I don't know. And I'm sitting here drinking it like a fucking pleb. But it doesn't matter. Um, I'm excited to be here, and that's all that matters. So let's get into my weekend. Easter weekend, it was a big one. It was a, a fucking deluxe weekend. We had Friday off for Good Friday. We had Easter Monday off because that's just what they do. Um, you know, Jesus died on Good Friday, I believe. Come back on the Sunday. He deserved a public holiday Monday. I thought, fuck it, we'll make Good Friday one too. So um, I think that's how the story goes. But Easter, it's one of those times for me I... I, I Look, I enjoy it because you get some time off with the family and stuff like that. But traditionally, I haven't had the greatest times on Easter. I usually write myself off. Uh, one year, there's been some tears. You know, I've been a, a bit of a fucking drunken asshole in other years. And it's just one of those times. It's like, it's a mini holiday. It's long enough to send it and get yourself into like a bit of a real hard bender. Four days is a, three to four days. I say four days is a good amount of time for a solid bender. So t- the today... Man, the anxiety was at an all-time high. Hangxiety was at an all-time high. I will say I'm uh, adult enough and man enough to realize that drinking pretty heavily for four days and then having that sober day, yeah, mentally it affects me now. Yeah, mentally it affects me now. I um, can no longer take it in my stride and just brush it off. There's only so many motivational videos that you can do. There's only so much vitamin C that you can suck up through your asshole. I, yeah, wasn't in a good way today, wasn't in a good way, I, you know, I battled on and I'm feeling a lot better now, I'm drinking some non-alcoholic wine because I like to get in the zone and it, frankly it tastes like cat's piss, but 
out of respect, I'm going to keep drinking it, you know what I mean? It's getting chilly here in, uh, in the sunny coast, and I'm, I'm happy I got the little fucking Mambo flannel out. Mambo's still looking for that sponsorship, so hit me up. But Easter weekend started with Good Friday, and it didn't start on a great note, not, not personally to me, but my poor auntie and uncle, I will set the scene. So my auntie and uncle coming up from Brisbane with my cousins, and we saw them last week uh, for Arabella's little birthday shindig. And they were coming up this weekend, right? The last time they were coming up, just to set the scene, was the time that Brisbane flooded, Sunny Coast flooded, and Gold Coast flooded, right? So the roads were fucked, the holiday was shit, and nothing happened. So they never even left Brisbane, and they never even made it, right? So the last time they planned to come here was fucked up. They come up here for my birthday, the Arabella's birthday thing, all good. This weekend, I get a call. They're leaving at like dawn, right? So I'm expecting a call early. I'd had a few drinks on Thursday night, but didn't overdo it, right? I thought, I'm going to get up early and... and, and out of respect, meet them down at the beach. My uncle calls me right on 7am. He's like, first thing, I was like, Googs, what's going on? He goes, bad news, Sharon's broke her ankle. That's my auntie's name. And I was like, you're kidding me. Like thinking, you, you can tell if it's a broken limb, you know what I mean? And I will, I will preface this by saying, I don't do too well with broken limbs. The sight of things that shouldn't be going in angles that they shouldn't be, it makes my skin crawl. It makes me feel sick in the guts actually thinking about it. But anyway, literally, she's got out of the car. She's walked about six foot. She's got fucking the Dalmatian dog, Darby. That's quite a strong dog, you know what I mean? Don't underestimate the strength of a Dalmatian, the humble Dalmatian. She just had some awkward footing. You don't need much in this day and age, you know what I mean? You can literally just do an ankle roll. And ankles, so good. Let's just say, look, firstly, shout out ankles because they do really serve a great purpose. But if you roll on that motherfucker the wrong way, it is sending you down like a bag of shit. So the poor thing, she spent the whole day at the Sunshine Coast University Hospital and my uncle and my cousins came around and they were sort of on like ice the whole day just going, well, we're not sure we're going to stay. It depends on like Sharon and things like that. So that was kind of like our good Friday. We still had a couple of beers and stuff like that. Managed to go get two kilos of prawns, 24 oysters, just in case they were going to stay the night, right? Shout out my uncle, he shouted it all, tried to offer him some cash, he wouldn't take it. Don't you love that? You know what I mean? There was a story I mentioned earlier in that day, and it wasn't to plant the seed about getting free prawns or anything like that, but I'll get to that next, because I had a bit of a bit of a financial, emotional shock last week, and we'll talk about that. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. I'm just looking at my list here. It's a pearl of a list. It's a great episode, if I do say so myself. Let me fix my mic up here. Anyway, yeah, my auntie spent all day in hospital, and... Look, six o'clock she got home, my uncle went and got her. She stayed the night at ours. She wasn't in a good way. I'm not a doctor, I can't remember the exact break, but it was like a trimilius fracture. Tri meaning three. So the poor thing, she literally snapped her ankle in three different ways. Not satisfied with one break. We thought, fuck it, we'll do three. And that's what she's done. So Again, no doctor surgeon, but I dare say there's going to be some surgery involved. Could be some plates, could be some fucking pins, could be some physio, could be a lot of that stuff. Doesn't look good for the next few months for her, but could be worse, you know what I mean? I, I remain optimistic, and I'm sure she does too. She's quite an optimistic, positive person. So uh, Godspeed and rest up, Auntie Shani. You will get there very soon. But anyway, that was the day, Friday night, that I decided to stay. And it was a great night. I will say it was a great night. The Broncos played. They lost by 20 points, but I still think they played a great game, right? My uncle, you know when you get those, I tell you, I love family. I'm always, I'm always you know, gushing over the family, right? But he loves having a beer. I love having a beer. And we'd had a few the week before, right? And then when I invited him up, it sort of just set the scene. Like, And whenever we're together, we're kind of like that awesome, good, bad influence on each other where he's going to have as many as I have and I'm going to have as many as he has. And none of us will slow down for the other one, right? So I've already probably necked about three or four by the time he's gone to the hospital and come back and done all that, right? We smashed our dinner down. The prawns, 
unreal. The oysters, next level. I honestly had so many oysters. Like the sexual aphrodisiac in my body was just through the roof. I had so much zinc that will carry me through to fucking next Easter. You know what I mean? If it's possible to OD on zinc, I was ready to OD on zinc on Friday night. Good Friday, there's me just fucking peeking on the zinc through the oysters. Man, it was fucking good. But the Broncos game come on. I bought a carton of beers, carton of Asahi. Shout out the Asahi Super Dries, unreal. And it was just like one of those things, right? I'm sort of uh, getting stuck in. We we were just we we're in the zone. Broncos are playing, and it was good. And we were just one beer, two beer, three beer, fourteen fucking beers. We just were pumping it. I think I woke up the next day and I had like shit, like seven beers left, sort of thing. So we're giving it a good little nudge, right? And I was in such a good mood, but. Broncos had a didn't win, but it was still a good game. Maybe it was the fucking multiple Asahi's talking, but I was in a good mood. My uncle was in a good mood. Everyone was in a good mood except my fucking auntie's ankle. Um, I recommended a movie after that. I will say I've got a bit of a bit of a thing around this, and 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 like it's hard enough on Netflix nowadays, like trying to pick a movie between you and your partner, right? You add like a couple more people in. Sometimes my mum's up here. This night was my mum, my mum, my auntie, my uncle, and my cousins. Right? That's like a whole family affair trying to come up with the genre that we can all agree on. It's one of the hardest things you'll ever do. Is like pick a roof, pick a movie in a fucking room full of uh, family and friends. It's ridiculous. And I've just come up with a, a, an award-winning idea. I just said Helen Hunt, Bill Paxton, Twister. I don't know what it was. I really wanted to watch Twister. I'd seen like a hundred times, but it just never gets old to me. You know what I mean? One of Van Halen's best songs is in that movie. So I just said, let's do it. Everyone was just like, F- yeah, fucking oath. You know what I mean? It's such a good flick. And we all enjoyed it. I then maybe got stuck into a glass or two or three of rosé after that. I'll frankly be honest with you. I don't remember getting to bed on Friday night. I don't remember any of it. I remember waking up going, she's not too bad. You know, there was some hydrolyte ready to go. We had to pound all the next morning. And it wasn't like a bad hangover because I was in such a good mood. But it was just like, a, fuck, we had a good little nudge last night. And that was a good Friday, you know? One of those things. But anyway, I hope everyone had a good good Friday. A great Friday, actually. Um, I, I don't really prescribe, sub, sorry, prescribe... I don't really subscribe to the whole religious thing. I've talked about that multiple times, and this is not a dig at religion, but, you know, it's funny, like, we're looking, we're, we're cruising around Audi looking at meat and stuff like that, and Beck's going, you know, on Good Friday, you can't do red meat and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, I don't care. I don't even believe in God and stuff like that, you know what I mean? Shout out for the public holiday, you know what I mean? And, and out of respect, I'll do some other stuff, you know, like have a drink for him and stuff like that. But, like, if I, if I feel like a steak, you know, my body needs a steak. But, look, we smash prawns, oysters. I think... If I could eat seafood every day, I would eat seafood every day. But that was Good Friday. Saturday, very similar, you know what I mean? Just cruising around the beaches. We uh, we didn't have many plans. My auntie's sort of ankle was giving her grief. It was sort of fucked up. So they eventually went home to um, to Brizzy. I'm going to have a quick sip here. I'm feeling good. It's actually not that bad. Let's appreciate it. Oh, it's so sweet, so tart. Easter Saturday, I think that's the day. We're cruising around. It was a pretty bit of a chill day. We just didn't do too much. Uh, I, I, I know I didn't do too much because there's nothing that's like glaringly standing out to me. Um, Saturday evening, we were cruising around doing some stuff. My mum stayed up. And it was just like one of those ones where you're just like, yeah, what are we doing? Um, don't know. Takeaway. We never get takeaway. I will say, Beck and I, like, if we get takeaway, it's sushi or it's like these IGA deli sort of pizzas that we get. Like, that's it. I never get Chinese fucking curry, Thai, any of that shit. My mum likes Chinese though, so on Saturday night we were like, look, we'll honour it, we'll honour the Chinese and get a succulent Chinese meal, you know what I mean? A bit of chicken chow mein, a bit of braised chicken, a bit of garlic prawn, 
combination fried rice. We got it, right? And I got this thing about Chinese restaurants. And I will say, this is not a dig on the Chinese people at all, or the Vietnamese people, right? They make really good food. Asian is some of my favorite food in the world, right? Like, I love it all. I love Japanese, I love Chinese, I love Vietnamese. Probably not in that order. I'd say Japanese, Vietnamese, Chinese, right? Thai, that fits in there too. I like all that. They make great food, right? But I will say that the Chinese and their brothers the Vietnamese and the Thais and etc. Especially the Chinese though, they have really, really missed the advice about the vibe at the Chinese restaurant. I don't know what it is. I just get really depressed walking into Chinese restaurants, you know what I mean? They're like, everyone's been to a Chinese restaurant. We know what the vibe's like. They've got a hundred seats. There's like three people at most in there, right? They're banging out awesome smells and stuff like that. There's a couple of fruits waiting for their takeaway. We get on that line, you know, because we're not as fruity, but we're still waiting for takeaway, right? There's usually like a goldfish in there. There's like, they, you know they've got storage out the back, but instead of putting stuff out the back, they'll put just bags of prawn crackers out the front, and there's like giant overflow like containers with shit and serviettes and bits and pieces. There's like a golden cat doing this and stuff like that. I, as soon as I walk in, we had the intention of maybe eating there. I, I've been like trying to mentally prepare myself for the 10-minute drive the whole way there, just going, all right, I know the vibe's going to be no good. You know what I mean? thing is it doesn't cost me any more to eat Chinese there and it doesn't cost me any less to eat the Chinese at home, right? As soon as I walked in, I just turned to Beck and Mum and said, fucking get a takeaway. I'm not sitting here in this vibeless fucking paradise. And I thought, I've got beers in the fridge. It's BYO. I didn't even pack for it. That, that's the kind of the gold thing about Chinese restaurants too is like they're always BYO. So you can walk in with just like a thousand standard drinks and just fucking get fucking railed. You know, why neck and your chicken chow in? But man, they just really have no idea about the vibe, the Chinese, you know what I mean? I think that's probably evident in some of their practices that they do in their country and stuff like that. They're just, I don't know, they don't know how to have a good time, right? But they know how to make make great food. So anyway, that's enough Chinese bashing tonight. I will say it was a good meal. Uh, Golden Dragon Cloundra, if you're in the area, check it out. Golden Dragon, classic Chinese, classic Chinese name. I don't know how they afford these big fucking 1,000 square foot places. Do you know what I mean? They're banging out a lot of chicken chow mein, a lot of braised chicken, a lot of garlic prawn, a lot of fried rice. But you know, as they say, how could a billion Chinese be wrong, right? That was uh, that was Saturday night. I think uh, one of those Bridget Jones' Diary movies on, out of respect to the girls watch that. I went to my room, watched a movie called Summer of Sam. I've only ever seen parts of it. It was like kind of based on that. Uh, the, the true story of that serial killer son of Sam in the 70s in New York. You check it out, David Berkowitz. Yeah, not a bad movie, just kind of a random sort of story. I liked it, though. Um, I, look, I will say I had bought quite a bit of rosé uh, over the weekend. You can't really tell too much. My face is probably blown up just a little bit with rosacea, but I'm feeling pretty good here under the bright lights uh, of the podcast. But, yeah, that was me watching that sucking down a bottle of fucking rosé. I'd been sitting on a bottle of pink rosé for like six weeks when I was getting over the cytomegalovirus. I'd bought it at my holiday, didn't drink it. It was the only one that like was there. And I'm letting it age. Beautiful pink rosé, aged six weeks in my fridge. I thought, you know what? Tonight is the night that I crack it. And that's exactly what I did. And I fucking enjoyed every fucking drop of it. So that was my Saturday. We get to Sunday. My mother, she's gone back to Brisbane. She had some chores to do and get on with the rest of her life. We had a nice little roast lunch planned over at Beck's cousin's house. Uh, they did a lovely pork. We did some veggies. The other cousins did some veggies. Just a nice affair. Took a six-pack round. Had a good time. Just good vibe. Bit of UFC on in the background. So we're doing a bit of pork, bit of this. The girls are having a good time. 
bit of UFC, it was cool, you know what I mean, I'm teeing up plans for Monday, oh, the AFL game's on Monday, Matt and Taylor, why don't we come around to your house, you know, so it was good, that was pretty much Sunday, I can't remember what Sunday evening was, again, just to chill that one, I'd, I'd hit the, the standard drinks fairly hard most of the weekend, and it wasn't stopping there, I thought, you know what, this fucking alcoholic freight train is just gonna keep on coming, baby, because I still had bottles of fucking red wine in the fridge, so, um, that's exactly what I did, Cracked another bottle of uh, rosé. Is that red wine? I meant to say pink rosé. We uh, we had another bottle of rosé on Sunday night. Watched a movie. This is probably my movie of the week. I'd mentioned I'm going to do a song of the week and a movie of the week. My movie of the week, take this down, ladies and gentlemen, is Conviction. Uh, dug it. Hilary Swank, Sam Rockwell. Great movie. Apparently a true story, I believe. So we watched that Sunday evening. Beck and I really enjoyed that. Um, and then, yeah, that was it. Again, went to bed. Beck and I... We set the baby's rooms up. Well, I say she set the baby's room up with my mum. Shout out those two. They did a great job. And Beck and I are sleeping in the same bed again. It's it's going all right. It's going all right. We have, it's not because we don't love each other. We love each other deeply. We just have different sleeping patterns, and we recognize that. And it's like, why try to really beat our head against the brick wall here? Let's just acknowledge it and sleep separately. You know what I mean? Come together, hop on the good foot and do the bad thing. Then go away again and get a good night's sleep. That's exactly... My idea of a relationship when you've got two different sleepers. Anyway, I learned that from my grandparents. That was Sunday. Monday, get a bit of phlegm here. I think I need to wash this flannel out. A bit of dust on it. Um, you couldn't tell because it looks swank as fuck. Easter Monday, chilled out all day. Had a good time. Went and did the groceries. $206 worth of groceries. Set myself up for a nice week. We're going to talk about a little bit about diet tonight. I... Then had teed up to go and watch the Cats versus Hawks game at uh, Beck's cousin's house. This is a great way to end my weekend. I've got basically five beers left in the fridge. That'll take me through. The little girls can play together and it'll be good. Then they said, look, come and stay for a barbecue as well. Cats v. Hawks. Oh, Maddie, he had the Anyone who follows me on Instagram would have seen. I put a video. He had like, he's got a hundred, like an 85 or 100 inch fucking screen here. He's got another fucking plasma here and another plasma here. He's got it all going on. He's, he's sort of working on a sports bar thing. So we had the AFL here, great. He's a Geelong Cats supporter. We had the NRL here, which was great. Both great games, I will say. I tipped the Hawks and I tipped the Eels. I got the Hawks right, I got the Eels wrong. And he's got the fucking racing on, like the dogs and shit like that, the horses. I didn't give two fucks about that. I think animal racing is cruel, so I wasn't watching that shit. I was I was fixated on the, the dudes, AFL and NRL. was really good. Neck that beautiful fucking lamb on the barbecue and then he had a mad bottle of canadian club and he's like do you want one and i was like mm, yeah i will say beck had sort of put me a notice like probably an hour or two before this she said look hey look i'm maybe feeling like there's some contractions happening some braxton hicks she of course is pregnant just mind how much you drink and i thought okay well that's a really like to me i felt like that's a really open-ended sort of thing you know i had taken it easy i am on my open license so i had beer sort of beer 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 i thought yeah five that's okay and i thought you know i made it i made a a decision you know like i was the doctor delivering that baby uh with like 20 years of midwifery under my belt and i thought nah she's not going tonight uh and as soon as he offered me the cc and pepsi i just thought well that's the catalyst to reinforce my decision so i had a couple of pretty large uh glasses of whiskey and pepsi got home put Arabella to bed. Actually, before that, I was watching Green Day live at Woodstock 1994. Unreal. Beck goes, do you mind putting Arabella to bed? I said, yeah, because I'm liquid and I'm feeling fucking great. You know what I mean? And put her to bed. 
that was it. Woke up at about 1.30 in her bed. I nodded off too. Um, and it was good. I'm glad that I went to. It was the universe telling me I needed to sleep, right? And it was my body, frankly, being well liquid, telling me I needed to sleep and just had abused it all weekend. And I felt really good about falling asleep, waking up. It was one of those ones where I didn't know what bed I was in, realized it was Arabella's bed. And then I was like, shit, I've got to go to my bed. And I just was sort of awake most of the night, you know what I mean, on my phone and listening to music and in and out, in and out. but it was still good. Was managed to get us a few hydrolytes in. It was great. And that was honestly a pretty successful Easter weekend. Um, so yeah, not too bad. But my gripe with Easter is, right, I've, I never, growing up, it was never really a thing in our house. And I'm not saying that, like, we, we were the be-all and end-all and everyone should model their whole lives around us. But when did Easter sort of just become, like, this whole, um, let's see who can get diabetes the quickest by just whoever can consume the most fucking Cadbury, you know what I mean? They're, they're, as soon as Christmas goes, they're stocking the shelves with these chocolate fucking Easter eggs and bullshit and then now it's just like, you've got to buy it, you've got to eat it, you know what I mean? Arabella got all this stuff, and it's like, I don't want to just smash chocolate down her throat. She doesn't even have to know it's a day. So traditionally, I've naturally gone, let's make it like a nothing sort of day, right? We'll do all the stuff with your family and my family, and that'll be awesome, you know what I mean? But no no three-year-old needs 14 kilos of chocolate. That's no good for business. It's no good for fucking diabetes, you know what I mean? And I know that's... I know the market's up for diabetes, you know? So, yeah, I don't really get it. And that's sort of what it seems to be revolving around. But I'm looking at all my friends on Instagram and stuff like that. And, like, every fucking person, basically, is, like, doing these things where they're putting the Easter Bunny fucking feed out and they're doing this with the carrots and stuff and they're getting, like, the 14 kilos of chocolate. And I'm just like, what? Like, when did this become a thing where it was like, hey, like, he is, like, the Santa of April, you know what I mean? The Easter Bunny. I, I don't know. I didn't really... That's never been a thing. I wanted to put that out there because I'm sure there's listeners that are just like, yeah, Easter's just this trumped up bit of crap. The fucking good thing about it is four-day weekend, a lot of booze if you're that way inclined, prawns, prawns, oysters, and just footy and time with the family, you know what I mean? You can you can keep your chocolate. And saying that, though, I did have some lint before I came on the show so I needed a fucking sugar hit drinking this absolute fucking filth, which I'm going to take another sip of. Mm. I think it gets better as it's watered down. Wow. Um, I've got some stuff here tonight. I've got this thing that happened to me last week, right? And I wanted to talk about that because it was a bit of a shock to the system. I sort of rounded it out today, so I'm, ha- I'm comfortable talking about this. I've got a bit of a random thing about foot tacos. We'll get to that later. I want to talk about my diet, and I had the funniest thing said to me at the beach yesterday, and I want to share that with you. Um, my movie of the week that I did say was Conviction. My song of the week, I'll be honest, I couldn't pick one song of the week. I got onto this playlist last week. I'm going to share it with you. Best of Rock 1999 on Spotify. Go and check it out. There's 50 songs on there. There's not one shit song on there. It's so good. It's got a mixture of like the Foo Fighters, like their, their third album, Limp Biscuit, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Rage Against the Machine, Blink-182, Nine Inch Nails, Stone Temple Pilots, Bloodhound Gang. If I had to pick a song off here for you to listen to, you could go any of the Bloodhound Gang songs off here. Ballad of Chase Lander, I Hope You Die. Around the World by Red Hot Chili Peppers. I forgot. The Californication album is probably my favorite Red Hot Chili Peppers album, I reckon. Lit Up by Buck Cherry. My Own Worst Enemy by Lit. What's Mage Again, Blink-182. Break Stuff, Limp Biscuit. Oh, my God. You know what I mean? So, Best of Rock, 1999. If you're looking for just an awesome fucking feel-good time, which is exactly what I wanted. I listened to the playlist probably like, I didn't stop. I didn't stop, actually. I haven't stopped. I'm going to listen to it tonight, again, probably, and even tomorrow. So, anyway, um, I will say, I had this I had this thing last week, 
<laughs> this is something that happened yesterday um, on the beach, right? And this is a first. This has never happened to me. And I'm going to tie it into this other this other article, right? I saw about foot tacos. I'm walking into the beach, right? This is gross. I'm walking into the beach, and this is not a dig at anyone with this, right? There's a guy. He's an amputee. He's missing one leg. That's fine. There's. I, I will say in Calandra, there's. A, I feel like there's a lot of amputees up here. I don't, I don't know. Like I've never seen that many in my life, and that doesn't shock me. But I just. I remember like being here after a few years, and I was like, there's a lot of amputees around, right? So anyway, I walk into the surf with the family. I look down. This guy. I thought he was just sitting in the sand. He was sitting in the sand. I, he had one leg though. He's sort of playing with like the end of his leg, like the stump sort of thing, right? And um. I'm like, wow, okay, that's sort of confronting because I was like, usually when I pick my scabs, it's in the comfort of my own home or at least when I think people aren't looking at me, right? But I thought, you know, more, more power to him. That's someone that's comfortable in his own, uh, his own body. As we walk out a bit further, I notice there's quite a few lifeguards around, right? This one lifeguard comes up to me and I'm like, oh, what's he going to say here? You know what I mean? Like he's probably going to just comment on my body or something like that, you know, and just what pristine condition it's in. He comes up to me and he goes, hey, listen, mate, if, um, if you feel something hard, bump up against your leg, don't freak out. The guy's lost a prosthetic leg and we're just looking for it. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, poor cunt, firstly. And I've just thought, oh, shit, he's down there just picking his stumpy scabs. But I was like, poor cunt, right? You know what I mean? And I just thought, what a unique thing to have to tell someone at the beach. Like in my life, I thought for sure maybe it was a shark he was going to warn me about, something hard on your leg, a prosthetic leg. And I will say there was a real hero moment that sort of just, a hero vibe that just started brewing up in my belly. I thought, I'd really love to find this guy's prosthetic leg. I don't know, I'm not, I've never shot for prosthetic legs before, but like, I don't imagine to be the cheapest thing. So I felt, initially I felt bad for him financially. I was like, God, that sucks. And then as I realized that I couldn't find the prosthetic leg, you know what I mean? I'm still trying to have an awesome time with Arabella and Beck, which we did have an awesome time, right? But there's a shitload of lifeguards around. And I will say the camaraderie that like gathered on the beach was amazing. I walk out, this lady turns around and she goes, she's not even working as a lifeguard. She turns to me just as a good Samaritan and goes, if you feel something hard brush up against your leg, a guy's lost a prosthetic leg. So just like keep a keep an arm out for it, you know what I mean? And and uh, I thought, yeah, I know. Lifeguard just told me I'm on leg watch too, right? Holy fuck. And it was just one of those things. It was just like, I really wanted him to find that leg. We spent a good hour or so at the beach and like, I didn't see him get the leg back. And the whole time I'm thinking, right, he's sitting there just in the same spot. And I was like, I didn't want to be that guy that goes over to him, but I also didn't want to be that guy that didn't go over to him and ask him if he needs a hand, you know what I mean? Um, to like, I'm assuming he would have had to hop out, right? And like literally hop out. And I was like, how's he going to get out? So the whole time, and I'm still racking my brains going, I hope someone gave him a lift out or maybe like he was able to get on the phone or something like that. And like a family member was able to run down like a, like a, like a backup prosthetic leg, I'm assuming, or even like a wheelchair or something like that or crutches. God forbid he's got some crutches, right? Yeah. Bizarre. Um, so yeah, let me know in uh, the feedback you give me week to week. If you've, what's the weirdest thing you've ever been requested at the beach? Uh, that was definitely probably the weirdest thing that I have ironically and this is probably a first for the show ktc this is the first time i've ever written down two notes that had to do with amputees so you're welcome right i wanted to share this story because frankly it was fucking disgusting and 
it's my show and I'll do whatever I want. And I wanted to share this, right? So the title was, this guy served his friend's tacos made from his own amputated leg. Wow. So this was a few years ago, right? This guy was hit by a car while riding his bike, um, which really fucked him up, obviously. His foot was shattered to the point where he would never walk on it again, right? And the doctor asked if he wanted to amputate it. His one question was, can I keep it? Like, as if, like, you know, he's still with the foot. I, no, I get that. I'm not judging people, though. Like, if, if I had to lose a limb or something like that, I don't know how I'd react either, you know what I mean? So I think he's very um, very commendable in his, his approach here, this guy that was about to lose his foot or his leg. Um, the doctor said yes, right? So I'm just going to read this quickly. On Sunday, July 10th, 2016, three weeks after the accident, Shiny, the guy's name is Shiny, 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 mm. Shiny invited 10 of his most open-minded friends to a special brunch. I like that they put open-minded in there. They ate apple strudel, quiche puff pastries, fruit tarts, and chocolate cake. They drank gin lemonade punches and mimosas. It sounds lovely so far. I wish I was there. And then the main course... Wait for it. Fajita tacos made from shiny severed human limb, made exclusively for the party by his chef. At this point, I was worried, but then I recalled back to the start of the paragraph. He invited his 10 most open-minded friends. I thought, this can't end bad. Interestingly enough, the United States doesn't actually have a federal law banning cannibalism. I don't know. Maybe maybe it's an oversight. I, I, I don't know if it's something that you need to have written down. I just think it's probably like, um, no pun intended, it's like in bad taste probably to like just be a cannibal. Um, in Idaho, Idaho is the only state in which the simple act of eating human flesh can land you in prison. So I don't think they were in Idaho, right? This is this is good news. Um, laws against murder, buying and selling human meat, and corpse desecration make cannibalism difficult, but technically legal in the 49 other states. It's rare someone able to consent to being eaten meets someone interested in eating them. But even that scenario obviously raises a ton of ethical questions. Yeah, right. I mean, this guy had a dream, and he invited his open-minded friends around. Shinies is the rare case where cannibalism was not only legal but ethical. We caught up to ask him why he decided to feed himself to his friends, what he tasted like, and how the experience changed him. Swipe for our chat. This is amazing. I'm not going to go into it. It's just, it's just crazy, you know what I mean? But the guy was very open-minded about this. All of this came out of the idea that it's my foot. It's not going to be cremated and chucked into landfill. He didn't want that. You know, he wanted more for his foot. It's part of me and I want it back. Now, I get that. I get that. To me, and I'm not talking nutrition. I will talk nutrition soon, right? And I will preface this by saying I'm not a nutritionist. I really have no fucking clue about nutrition. But people like give like women give birth to babies and then they eat the placenta and things like that. I mean, I don't really see you know how bad it is you want to eat your own thing if you want it to be a part of you. I can imagine there's some sort of severe attachment to something like that, right? This guy's actually taken it home. So the doctor's locked it off and given it to him to take home, you know what I mean? I remember when I broke my arm when I was seven, they let me keep the cast similar in a way. I didn't want to eat the cast, but similar. I was pleasantly surprised by how well preserved it was this year after he cleaned it off, right? But when you think about beef, which can be dry aged for months, I suppose it made sense. So he just looked at it from like a, I've eaten dry aged beef, very similar to human leg, makes sense, right? So it shouldn't go off. I'm sure shit, he, he, he had it, you know, well preserved. Uh, but he didn't say he had, an, he had no emotional connection. I think, uh, yeah, that's my foot right there, but there wasn't some deep part of me that felt weirded out by it. In fact, there, there was... <laughs> In fact, that was the weirdest part when it wasn't weird. So he was weirded out by the fact that it wasn't weird. That's weird. 
Man, crazy, right? And all his mates, and I will say these are good friends, right? My friend's boyfriend, who was a chef, marinated it overnight and sauteed it with onions, peppers, salt, pepper, and lime juice. It sounds delicious. I will say that much. Then he served it on corn tortillas with a tomatillo sauce. This particular cut was super beefy. Here you go. The muscle I cut was tough and chewy. It tasted good, and but the experience wasn't the best. As a butt. There's always a butt when you're eating human food. I thought... This is probably the peak weirdness of my life. I hope it doesn't get weirder than this. I've actually not read this far into it, so I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't actually say if he had any weird things, but crazy. I'm so much happier now than I could I could conceive of being before, and it's because of this time where my life was threatened and I persevered through it. Eating my foot was a funny and weird and interesting way to move forward. I actually like this story. I know it sounds incredibly gross and I've sort of made fun of certain parts of it, but I'm very, very sincere when I say he's kind of looked at it in a really positive way, you know what I mean? He could have, um, this could have really fucked him mentally. I don't, I don't imagine losing a foot or anything is very, very um, easy to deal with, you know what I mean? You've got to relearn to walk in a fucking different way and, you know what I mean? I, I don't know, you got all these like just shoes that you can't wear, you know, except one of them. It just, I don't know, it just, it's no good. But I think he had a dream and he set out to do it and he's done it. And I will say, shout out his friends. I, I don't know if I'd be that willing to eat one of my friend's foot, feet, you know what I mean? Foots, feet, just a feet, you know, just a toe even. I don't know if I'd be that, um, that welcoming of it. You know, I do a lot of things for my friends. I don't know if I could eat one of their, their limbs, but... I don't know. Hopefully, I'm never presented with that, and I hope none of my friends are presented with that either. Um, but I actually think this is a beautiful story, you know. And it's not illegal, so if it's not illegal, it can't be that bad, right? Maybe unethical, but yeah, interesting. But hey, two um, two amputee stories in one episode of the King of the Couch. That's a first. You heard it here on King of the Couch episode 136, 9:41 p.m. 19th of the 4th, 2022. Right. I'm going to talk about a couple of things. I'm all over the shop. Oh, I've got a feel-good story. I wanted to talk about it. I mentioned Taylor Hawkins had died recently, and I saved it here somewhere on my desktop. This is a beautiful story. I thought this is... Uh, I was, I was, everyone was affected by this guy's death, and I only heard nothing but good stories. And I wanted to share this one just really quickly. Um, I used to be a manager at a guitar center that was very close to the Foo Fighters rehearsal studio. Dave and Taylor would come in all the time either to pick up random supplies or just hang out. Grohl was a big goof. We gave him a name badge that said David and put him behind the counter to mess with people, right? They seem like fun dudes, right? Taylor would slink off to the drum department and hang out with kids. Once I had to look up his account for some reason and noticed that he had thousands of dollars worth of charters for drum equipment almost weekly, but I'd never seen him leave with anything that major, so I went to my boss to raise concerns about potential fraud. He told me that the guy basically never came in without buying something for a kid. What a class ass. So a class act. So this literally, you know, Taylor Hawkins, I just thought it was really cool to share that because very selfless. He had money, wanted to help kids follow their dreams and stuff like that. So I thought I'd share that. That was a beautiful story I'd heard that week. Um, the other stories I've got, I wanted to talk diet this week, frankly, because I've got into something and I don't think I've mentioned it yet uh, on the show. Um, after I was sick, and I had, look, I will say, I had started doing this in my stews, but after I was like sick for that month, I was really like, look, I've got to put an emphasis on my health. The whole binge drinking over the past weekend aside, I felt like I've really got to start to put an emphasis on my health and stuff like that. I'm starting to read a bit more, dive a bit more and do a bit more, right? One of the things that I have, I have um, introduced into my diet, right, probably one to two times a week, 
is liver. I'm eating liver. I will say I'm not the liver king, right? I'm not one of these crazy dudes that can eat it raw yet. I haven't gone down to the raw liver path yet. Someone online once said, it's just like sashimi, you know what I mean? A nice bit of salmon and a nice bit of raw liver. I, I, I kind of fucking really find it hard to get into that mindset. I've had sashimi salmon and it does not look and feel anything like raw liver to me anyway. I could be wrong, but I am eating liver, right? And I'm starting to make um, different sort of changes in my diet. So I I bought beef liver initially. I will say incredibly strong flavor. And I then started just stewing it in my beef and root veggie stew. Pretty good way to get it in, bit chalky, you know what I mean, but not too bad, not too overpowering, right? Um, I had cooked a little bit on its own once, had it, really wasn't that bad. I didn't think it was that bad. Cooked it off with some liver and stuff like that. And I was really hungry the other week, right? I'd gone out for a walk and maybe I'd sort of try to do a bit of a lunch walk at the moment. The weather's not too bad. And uh, yeah, cooked some of it off, just had some mushrooms and onion and I put like a garlic pepper master food seasoning on it and I was like fuck I just had some white rice so I just threw it all together you know what I mean honestly really enjoyed it and I will say I got a mad energy kick that afternoon and normally I'm pretty fucked by like five o'clock mate I had food at about 2 two thirty. that energetic kick took me through to about 8 eight thirty that night I was fucking peaking off the liver it was so good so I thought look based on that I'm gonna I'm gonna have a crack, right? At just eating more liver. Um, I couldn't get the beef liver this time around. I got chicken liver this week. Last week I basically made like a liver fried rice. Again, just felt really good. And I've been sort of like quietly watching these people on Instagram in the comfort of my own home. It's great like that. You can watch all these people, and you know you don't just go out. Well, I don't anyway. I never go out and go look. They're doing these 50 things, I'm going to forget all those 50 things that I was doing and do these new 50 things. It's usually like I'll pick one thing at a time, pick one thing at a time. Liver is giving me huge energy right now and I'm really enjoying it, right? And it's cheap. <laughs> it's cheap. It sort of ties into my next uh, last story that I'm going to cap off with tonight. But it's cheap, right? So that's really cool too. So you can get like a bag of like, you know, I don't know, what's that? Maybe three, 400 grams, right? And it's like five, seven bucks. Like it's nothing, you know? I mean, if I'm getting a few steaks, that adds up really quickly. You know, added some mince here, some chicken here, some salmon there. I don't eat red meat every day. Red meat tonight, uh, red meat, asparagus, steamed greens, and we air fried some sweet potato chips. Beautiful. Just put a bit of Dijon mustard on the side as my dipping sauce. Beautiful. My compliments to the chef, which was me and Beck. But it's good. But the top five health benefits of liver. This is crazy. I never, I didn't believe this. But okay, valuable source of iron. I will say apparently chicken liver is higher in iron than beef liver. So um, kind of a universal stroke of fucking luck that I got the chicken liver because I ran out of fucking beef liver, which made me look up that fact. Um, but it's incredibly nutrient dense, right? This is something I keep hearing from all these healthy people I follow. It's rich in protein, low in calories, and packed with essential vitamins and minerals. Liver is one of the most nutrient dense foods on the planet. I'd never really heard the term nutrient dense, you know what I mean? Nutrient density, or this is really nutrient dense. I thought, what the fuck does that even mean, right? But it basically just means it's like full of fucking goodness, right? And you don't need a lot of this shit. It's not like I'm sitting there eating kilos and kilos of liver. Like I literally could eat it once a week and it carries me through. It's a rich, rich source of vitamin A, valuable dietary source of vitamin D, useful source of B vitamins. That's where the energy comes from. And it's high in iron, right? I had been um, deficient in iron when I was sick, right? I don't know if when I was sick because I wasn't really eating that much. But my energy levels had just like were taken like a bit of a lull in the afternoons, right? And I was like, I can't 
continue on like this. So it's probably a message here for anyone that's like feeling fucking shitty in the afternoons. Go and eat some liver and feel feel how good you feel, right? Another guy I work with, he's, he started doing, he's, he's going to fucking eat some tomorrow for breakfast. So I'm going to fucking touch base with him and see if he's eating it. Um, but yeah, really interesting, right? So that's just one thing that I've added in. There's certain things I'm going to start taking and shopping and changing, right? But I'm really conscious of um, oils, like vegetable oils, seed oils and stuff now in like sauces or pre-packaged food, right? I know alcohol aside, that's always been my vice, but trying to like eat less chips, you know, less um, pre-packaged stuff and, I, and like the sauces, right? Things like mayonnaise and garlic aioli and stuff like that. Like some of those ones just have so much shit in it. I look at the back nowadays and it's like, you know, vegetable oil, this fucking, uh, these sort of acid regulators and all this sort of shit. I don't even know what it is. And it scares me a little bit too as I get older. I go, I don't know what that is, but I'm consuming it. At least with alcohol, I really know the dangers of it. You know what I mean? It's kind of like a, yeah, I know that it could fuck me up and I know it mentally will fuck me up and physically fuck me up and this is what it will do. All these oils and bits and pieces, I don't 100% know what they do, but I know they're not good for you. So I'm starting to try to remove a bit more stuff and add some good stuff so i will say anyone that's having like a real low energy thing try some liver you heard it here first the new liver king liver king of the couch i'll I'll circle back i actually really want to get like some sort of nutritionist or someone that's like interested in food and stuff like that whether that is someone that's like pure carnivore vegan i'd like to talk to them all i got friends that are vegan that thrive i've got friends that are carnivore and they thrive i don't think there's one particular diet for every human being in the world but um you just find what what works for you. I really like just like the meat and three veg veg approach. I don't even know about this whole carnivore shit either. I'm sure it works, right? For some people, but I just can't imagine just eating all that meat. You know what I mean? I should be fucking backed up, you know, but I could be wrong. So we'll we'll try it. I'm going to try and do some different challenges this year. My new challenge is just eat, eat liver one to two times a week for the energy, right? I had a shit ton of oysters on Friday night. The zinc was just fucking through the roof, so I was peaking on that. But I've been taking a bit of a zinc supplement every couple of days, vitamin D if I can't get any sun, which is pretty rare in Queensland, but when it rains, I'll take a vitamin D tablet. And I'm taking some fish oil and stuff like that too. I'll chuck in a probiotic when I can. Uh, I'll just run out at the moment, but I usually have one of those daily. Um, I think that's it. Uh, vitamin C as well, you know what I mean? Maybe like 1,000 to 2,000 milligrams a day. So I'm feeling a lot better. I will say I think this cytomegalovirus has touched wood 100% properly out of my system. It stays with you, but I feel way better than I did, and, and I'm really stoked about that. But fucking up the liver king of the couch. I'm going to fucking tell you a story here. I had a, a full-on just panic attack last week and it was just one of those ones where i felt like my whole world was caving in and now i'm being optimistic about it i'm going to take a sip of this really tangy cat's pissed and i'm going to come back and tell you this story and then we're going to finish this episode up Mm. oh god that is really tart that's really not nice i'm going to need some real wine to wash that down with that's awful sorry mcwiggins um stick to whatever else you do I'm got the rent debacle. Okay, rent, rent, rent. Real estate at the moment is through the roof. The market's up. Everybody knows the market's up. Super inflated, super ridiculous. Um, but if you don't own a home, I feel like it's really hard to buy a house, right? If you are renting, I feel like rent is going through the roof, so it can be financially draining, right? And you're sort of in a rock and a hard place. And I will say that I've never been one of those people that's like never made it my mission to buy a house. I want to buy a house now because there's that like emotional connection having the family and stuff like that but it was never on my hit list to go i've got to get a house as soon as i can i've got mates that have done that 
more power to them, right? I was never that way inclined. People probably call me stupid and stuff like that. And probably is stupid, right? Given now that I want a house for that emotional reason. But financially inside, I'm not going to talk about that. But anyway, last week. So my rent, right? It went up 30 bucks a week last year. Biggest rent increase I'd ever had, right? Beck was coming into maternity leave uh, as of like Wednesday last week, 1 p.m. to be exact, right? I get some commission now at work, which is great. So I'm making a bit more money. And it's all these things, right? Trying to get ahead, trying to get ahead, trying to get ahead. My rent went up last year. Big deal. That was last year, right? We, we, we sorted that out. We made more. I had a bit of a freak out like a month ago, right? In bed one night. And I'm thinking, fuck, man. I just got this feeling that I know I'm in for a rent increase. How much? I don't know. And I had this vision of like 50 bucks in my head. I thought, fuck, 50 bucks a week. You know what I mean? Like, that's, the, that's a fair bit of coin. For some people, right? I don't want to come across like I've got a poor mindset. I don't think that by any means, but like 50 bucks is 50 bucks. And I'd rather it in my fucking pocket than the fucking landlord's pocket, right? And anyway, sure enough, last week, email from the real estate and we get the lease renewal. $105 per week they want to jack my rent up to. And I was just like, I'd sat down, right? I hadn't eaten all day. It was like 12, 12.30. I'd cooked the liver fried rice. I'd done some breathing while I was waiting for my food to cook. Feeling really mentally good, frankly, and sat down with the fucking food. It must have been about one o'clock, right? Because this is what time Beck was finishing. I've taken like one, two, three mouthfuls, saw the email, thought, what's this? Read it. Oh, dead. I was just instant sickness. You know when you turned off your food? And I was just freaking out. I was like, oh my God, 105 bucks a week. Like Beck's just literally at one o'clock, she finished work. Got the email at one o'clock. It was so fucking universal. And I was just like, the bit of money that I would make more, basically the, the rent increase would fucking cancel it out, right? And I just was like, oh my God, shot an email back straight away. I was like, are you fucking high? Like in, in a more diplomatic businessy way. But I was like, you can't be for real. Like this is ridiculous. Then you get that shit about, oh, the market's up and this and that. Now I've got a problem with that because yeah, I know it is up and I know everything's expensive, right? But like the people that own this house, they bought it before shit boomed in Queensland. So we're basically well and truly paying off their, their mortgage right now. And I know that's their prerogative, right? And people might call me insane and stuff like that. What I'm getting at here is like, it's really hard to get ahead. You know, other people want to buy houses and stuff like that. And then every time you do get ahead financially, you then cop another bill and you're just like, fuck, really can take the wind out of your sails. And it was just the fact that Beck's finishing up work, so we lose a bit of money temporarily here. And we, I know we get some help from the government and stuff like that, but we lose some money temporarily. Now we've lost money temporarily and then we're losing more money temporarily because of the fucking rent. Man. I freaked out. You know what I mean? I don't know if any, any any of you listeners, you beautiful listeners, have had anything like this recently or fucking in your life, but money can just be such a stressful thing. I've talked about it over the fucking entirety of the podcast in different ways, right? Um, you know, stress coming into Christmas and things like that with money. Um, you know, taking your daughter here and paying 15, 20 bucks here, you know, the food uh, bill's going up, the fuel's going up, like house prices are going up, you know what I mean? You need a $50,000 deposit. Oh, fuck, now you need a $100,000 deposit. You know, it's hard to save this sort of money quickly, that is, right? Unless you've got multiple streams of income, you know? And I made a crack to my fucking good chum, Milky. I said to him, I was like, mate, gone are the day. He had a laugh about this, but I said, gone are the days, bro, where I feel like you can get a pretty semi-decent wage and then just sort of chill out and, you know, be able to afford rent or mortgage and then just, you know, watch your money sort of just 
go up eventually, right? And that could be like an incredibly Aussie battler sort of mindset. But I just meant, fuck, like, I know that I'm keen to create more streams of income and that's sort of what I'm on the road to right now. Not to brag because I haven't really made any good headway there just yet. It's a slow burn, right? It's delayed gratification. But it's like you have to do that now, right? Especially in a couple, bang, you need at least two incomes. And I reckon two to 250K is like 100% what you need in this day and age, in Australia anyway, right? And you add a couple of kids in there, your houses get bigger, your cars get bigger, all this sort of shit. You're like, holy fuck. So... It, money can be like an incredibly stressful thing and I'm sure there's people that are out there and fucking king of the couch land that can relate to this right they maybe even had it so you're not alone right because I felt fuck I'm really done here for and I started just thinking really morbidly you know like how are we going to afford this I'm going to have to work seven days a week I'm going to have to get another fucking part time job I'm going to have to create another source of income that was me like freaking out. I, I, I went back to the owners well I went back to the real estate who I get equally fucked off with about real estate agents I, I look I know it's a business and stuff like that. And real estate agents, you know, like they they have that kind of used car salesman thing, right? I, I don't mind real estate agents. My I got good friends that are real estate agents. My uncle owns a real estate agency. But there's always that stigma about real estate agents in it, you know, that scumbag type thing. People selling, not a big deal. The property managers, you know, they take the clip and they're like really forcing the owners to like, hey, you know, like this is the market, the market's up. So you can fucking, you can rob these young cunts here of another 200 bucks a week or 100 bucks a week, whatever it is, right? And that's the hard thing, right? Just when you think you're getting ahead, bang, another hurdle gets ahead. But there's probably a message in all this, right? That life, and I don't mean this in a fucking, I'm an Aussie battler, because I'm not an Aussie battler, right? I'm someone that like is going to take hold of my shit and just keep going forward the way I need to go forward, right? But man, the wind was taken out of my sails. I will say I've negotiated the rent back just a bit, just enough to save, you know, a little bit, right? So we're not totally destitute. But it's kind of interesting, you know, like, you presented a problem. It was a financial problem for me, right? So I have a lot of emotional attachment to money and things like that. It's something that I've always, it's funny, you know what I mean? I've got this weird sort of connection with it. I'm sure we all do, right? Now people say, oh, money can't buy happiness and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, yeah, probably can't, but like, fuck, I'd rather fucking cry in a Ferrari, you know, and have the option to be sad about something else than, than just making sure you're going to be able to put food on the table at the end of the week, right? And I think that's a common problem with a lot of people. I know a lot of rich people, some of my best friends are some of the richest people I've known. That's not a brag, that's, that's true. And I just see there's different problems for different folks, right? So I'm just explaining one of my problems right now. And um, yeah, it was just one of those things. So at the time, I was incredibly fucking upset and I was like incredibly angry then. You're like, fuck the owners, fuck this, fuck the real estate agents. You know, and you sort of get on that fucking, you, you're on the hate train, right? And you're fucking emotional and you're negative, right? And you think, what am I going to do here? I'm going to have to fucking work all the time. Now I'm never going to fucking see my family. And, you know, all this sort of shit. And it's kind of your flying high on emotions. I will say, I haven't really learned to handle all my emotions just that like anger can really get me sometimes and then the, the the sadness can overcome sometimes you know and the anxiety flies and stuff like that you get a bit fearful but as you get a bit of time you look at it logistically and you go back and you say look i've said my piece i wrote this fucking beautiful email out i thought what can you do in this day and age send a fucking email make a fucking phone call like that's what you can really only do unless i go down there and just with a fucking uzi and just like hold them ransom but i didn't want to go in prison either for 15 to 20 years right i've got a family to support 
So you can't do a hell of a lot, but you can sort of plead your case and say what you can do and try there. But it did give me that perspective to go, you know what, this is a new car that we've been dealt and it's not the end of the world, right? There's a lot of worse shit going on in the world. There's stuff fucking kicking off in Ukraine. China's a fucking mess. Um, you know, it's it's can be really bad out there, right? And we've just been lumped with a bit more cash each week to week. So like standing back again from that situation, I walked straight downstairs to Beck today and I said, right, this is the rent. I reckon we cop it because if we do this or that, it's going to be another thousand, fifteen hundred, two thousand bucks. We move here, move there. Rent is up. Everywhere is fucking expensive. We've got a great house. We're just going to have to pay a little bit more for it. And then you're like, we're going to get ahead. We're going to get what we need, right? And then you start really like getting clear at them at that moment. It's sometimes like under extreme stress, you sort of get like really clear there's like a lot of clarity that comes with it for me sometimes after i freak out for like a day or two i then sit back and go you know what like it's it's shit and i'd rather keep the money but it now is just geeing me up to go and do other stuff right you know you can cut a corner here and there we can all do that but it makes you go well maybe because i've been sitting on my thumb thinking about this idea or only fucking not even executing it you know like correctly now i'm gonna go all right cool that thing i was thinking about for the podcast i'm gonna go do that that thing i was thinking about here with beck i'm gonna go do that this other idea that i had i'm gonna have a crack at it because you got fuck all to lose right because you're you're up for another 75 80 bucks a week rent right and that's money so it's legit it's a real thing so fucking old king of the couch i went through a hell of a lot of emotions uh since like last wednesday it was like pure anger and i was upset and then it was anger then it was like okay done what i can do coaching just do my thing in the weekend you know what i mean told to family members and stuff like that. everyone's fucking furious i'm like not one of those people that like hides all that stuff you know like i find it's better to talk about this obviously i'm fucking talking about everything i do in my life on the podcast but yeah so we'll see so we've got the new rate a little bit better than it was before still a lot higher than it is now but it's it's the market the fucking market if if some cunt tells me that it's the market again, I'm getting that fucking oozy, right? And I'm fucking storming someone. But it is what it is, right? And it's given me clarity, it's given me confidence, and it's given me the ability to look at things and go, right, all right, this is my new situation. You've got options here. So I wanted to share that story with you all because I'm sure as shit that people are in the same boat and in different ways, right? So um, I hope you take some uh, motivation, inspiration. If you don't take anything from it, fucking whatever. But that's the king of the couch. That's episode 136. I had a fucking great time uh, with you all again. Jeez, it feels good to get on here. It really does. I had a bit of a sort of an anxious day. It was just one of those days that just the negative thoughts just like... They were, they were just not killing me, but they were just like really just there. And I couldn't fucking... I couldn't shake it at some point in the day. But this too shall pass. Hashtag that. You can quote that. Whatever. I didn't invent that. But I used, I used that. This too shall pass a lot. I come on here. I speak. I feel better about it. And you make me feel better about myself and my situations and stuff like that. So I really, really, really thank you. And I appreciate you listening to me every week. Whoever ever takes the time to do that. So I'm the king of the couch. This is episode 136. You've been a fucking great audience yet again. Have a beautiful week and I love you all.